interrogation of a hip-hop album where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums put them on the stand see if they stood the test of time now let's see who we got on the stand today order in the court welcome to another episode of rap in order i'm first class reg and i'm tori mb today we are joined and it's so good to see this gentleman at the table again that hey. aviles guy himself well it's good guys long time um, no see yeah man it's been a little minute um how's everybody feeling i'm feeling good reg you go, why are you flexing on me like this? What is this? I don't know what this is. I'm feeling good, man. Um, I am excited because the fourth quarter is upon us, and I mm-hmm. think that we're going to get some uh, some pretty good uh, like albums. I'm looking forward to Doja Cat. I'm looking forward Doja. to Doja Cat, too. I want to see what... Um... Doja Cat will actually be out. The week this episode comes out, Doja Cat will be out. Mm-hmm. But Drake pushed his album back, so we mm-hmm. talk, keep talking about that. So He's so fucking annoying. We're going to get that, right? <laughs> and hopefully, towards the end of this year, we'll get we'll get that Cole project. Yeah, I don't know. Is that still... Yeah, I can see that dropping in like December or something. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to Takeoff's project. I mean, oh shit, RIP. I, I would love a Takeoff project. I mean, Offset. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting that Offset project. Um, I like I, I like that song that he just put out the video he put out with Cosmic for fan. Yeah. Um, it sounds like very like Travis Scott, Juicy J, Three Six Mafia. Yeah. Kind of like inspired. He's really leaning into this Michael Jackson thing right now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. It. I love it. Do yeah. it. Yeah. He's leaning. He's, into he's basically it. giving us that. <laughs> Remember that viral video of hip hop Michael Jackson? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we getting yeah. it. He, yeah. he saw it. He was like, "Yo, and let's do it." And I think he's it. gonna every every couple years that um that performance goes viral of him performing and doing the dances. Yeah. Um yeah. to uh, to clout when he was performing and did yeah. choreography, bro. Every few years that goes viral, and I think for this rollout, he's gonna be dancing in some of his videos. Bro, choreography out like yeah. what? Yeah, he was just uh, on Kai Komet uh, teaching him how to do bachata and shit. Oh yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, so we'll see what happens. I think I think it's gonna be cool. Do you guys um, think we're gonna get that uh, Clips reunion album by the end of the year? No, we aren't. I don't don't ask me how I know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening with that, honestly. I am curious to see what it would be like for when we do get it, but I'm not with my breath. We're getting it though. I'm, we're getting the album. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did want that one song that they came out with mm-hmm. from the fashion week. I think well, that not was, fashion week, but the fashion show. I bet you like they they felt like they pulled the trigger too soon or that. I bet you like they that was something that they wish they could have back. I don't know. It feels intentional though. I, I feel like um mm-hmm. I feel like it was probably meant to just live that way and then Jim jumped out the window and they're just sitting back and watching him imagine like imagine they never put it on a DSP like we just never get it but here's the thing them doing that they knew Jim was gonna jump out the window yeah like like I think think it was intentional I think I just think that they should have had um more together to release because I think there's a certain president and it's not said but it is more enticing when you get the get back uh, mm-hmm. from rappers quicker. Like as we're used to seeing from from you know, I feel like it was uh, Jada and Beans that first. Oh, of course, like yeah, and when it's immediate. But I just I think uh, maybe 
I, I don't think Pusha really took Jim Jones like that serious, mm-hmm. but it's just like, all right, you you said something, you responded, and it's like now, like you know, you know, maybe Jim Jones did have some points because there, there was definitely some dude saying like, I don't, I never gave a fuck about Pusha. Like I ever had homeboys being like, no, you you you, you want to dress like Pusha, and I was like, oh god, yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> that's what that's that's it's a it's a weird argument to have. But, yeah, um, but it's all. Um, <laughs> but what I do think we're gonna get before that album is the Pusha T and DJ Drama Gangster Grills. I think that's gonna come before the album. Yeah, right. I, think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that Gangster Grills coming out before the Clips album. I think he's gonna do that as like a warm up. Okay. So we'll see. But um, what else? That's today, that's, today, yeah. We're getting into Stankonia. Yes. Which is the fourth studio album from the Outcast. Yes. Um came out in two thousand. Actually dropped on um Halloween, Halloween yep. Day mm-hmm. in two thousand. Um and before this, like we were talking about um how Aquemini and AT AT Alien didn't really align with the kind of sound that we got from this album. And this album is the one that kind of put them into homes like universally. Like this album was the was the crossover success mm-hmm. that they banked on it being. Um iconic album cover. Um, it cro- it crossed many many platforms, and I think even with like songs like, like I'm um, sorry, like Miss Jackson or So Fresh So Clean, um, really helped catapult this album. And those were two major singles, and it kind of just pushed their um their narrative for seeing the South in a way of how they wanted it to be seen all the way back when they made the statement in '95. Um, how did we feel about this album when it came out, like um, around this time? Because this was I was. I'm a huge Outkast fan. I think I think our listeners know that by now. So like I was ready for this project, and I remember um, at the time I had missed the premiere of Miss Jackson. So <laughs> I, I remember like coming to school the next day and like asking my friend to like tell me what what the video was like, and like she was telling me like, "Oh, it was cool." I was like, "Erica, am I doing it?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> like she, she just detailed, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And um, I also remember seeing um bomb the bombs over Baghdad video and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And while I'm doing my research now, there's two things that I learned. One, that pretty much that's what Stankonia is supposed to look like. Like Stankonia mm-hmm. is basically ba- based off of the city of Plutonia and Stank means funky. Combined mm-hmm. together you're Stankonia. Mm-hmm. But it was shot in Bowen Holmes projects in Atlanta. So Bowen Holmes projects is like one of the most dangerous project. Well, it's not there anymore. But when it was, it was like one of the most dangerous projects you could think of in Atlanta, Georgia. Like how like T.I. talks about like Bankhead Bowen Homes is like up there, like just as dangerous. Like, and the fact that they went there and like had kids running around and like happy and everything like that, showing like a different visual of like what that place really was. When I think of like, I'm like, holy shit, they made, they made Bowen Homes like fucking Disneyland. Yeah. And I just thought that that was really cool, but um, this this album was just an album that like, I was really excited for, and it was definitely something where um, if you listen if you listen to this project now versus then, you could definitely see where like the where the split with Andre and um, Big Boy came, and I think that's what I re listening to it. That's what I really took from it, and like hearing some of this, and then like listening to interviews and hearing some of the stories. I watched like a lot of like uh, organized noise interviews. And Big Gip talk about it because, like, you're not going to get much from, like, Big Boy and Andre are too loyal to each other to talk about, like, when they have riffs. But, like, or, like, growth. 
you know, growing apart, but like it's definitely like present on this project. But it's like they still made it work because they're best friends at the end of the day. Yeah, I think we've only publicly heard them um, say something like that from, um, I want to say it was T.I.'s album, um, Trouble Man album. And they have a song on there called Sorry. And it's yeah. Andre apologizing to Big Boy yeah. with like how he handled being in a group and yeah. like how he could have did it better. Andre is an only child and he's a narcissist. I love Andre 3000. I adore Andre 3000. But he's not selfish. <laughs> um, I think uh, you're exactly, you know, it's what you said. Uh, from what I've read on it at the time, it was a lot of, uh, it's just Andre didn't want to just rap anymore. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten to a spot where he was learning more of the guitar and everything. And it went down even to how they recorded the album. Because at the time, uh, after Kwame and I, they were able to get a studio. And they called it uh, Stankona Studios, yeah. which they still have rocking. And um, I don't want to cut you off. They, it used to be Bobby Brown Studio, Boss Town Studio. Yeah. And they, and they recorded in there so much that they were talking to Bobby and he was like, yo, I'm going in the foreclosure. Y'all can just, if y'all buy it, like y'all can just keep it. Y'all, mm-hmm. It's y'all's. <laughs> That's dope. I didn't know that part. Yeah. But I know that uh, at the time, Big Boy would record in the studio and he decided to write and, and just create in the studio at the time. Mm-hmm. And Andre apparently would just be home playing with guitar riffs and figuring things out. And apparently Andre would write his verses on the wall of uh, his house where he stayed. And that's how he would figure out his verses for this album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember prior to this, them having more of a chiller, laid back sound. And for me, like the Southern music for me in my mind at the time is like BG and Juvenile. Mm-hmm. And like the whole cash money thing or um, was, was really what I was into at the time. Uh so I didn't quite get into their first three albums like that. Mm-hmm. But this was the album that I was like, oh, shit, this is different. Um, you know, growing up, my dad's favorite uh, band was always um, Earth, Wind & Fire. And my dad, anything with funk or soul is like always there. So hearing all these like guitar licks and everything that came out from B- from uh, B.O.B., mm-hmm. um, that's when I was like, oh, shit, this is different and that's after that album i went back and like my brother put me on to he's like oh no they have other dope shit it's just you know like it's calmer you you were into this other shit my mm-hmm. brother didn't like cash money at the time you know yeah. my brother's old school new york uh enthusiast at the time mm-hmm. in his older age he started to accept a lot of uh other music and, and stuff so um but even back then he was always like nah outcast is dope I'm going to put you on. So after that, you know, it was this album that I'm like, oh, okay. Now I need to pay attention. And uh, yeah, it kicked off my fandom of Outkast. I think, I think Outkast also, like, I know people give them credit for making hip hop be taken more seriously in the South, but I think just in general across the board, I think like they gave a legitimacy to hip hop that um, a lot of hip hop artists, like, yeah, like they were becoming big and like getting on the pop charts. But I think that like, um, Musically, like they got like a lot of respect, and um, I was watching um, Questlove's podcast where he was talking organized noise, and they were like talking about that, like where like Questlove and like the Roots, like um, the Goody Mob went on tour with them, mm-hmm. and they were talking about like how like they respected them so much, and like how how like advanced like the Goody Mob was, and like they were like, yo, like y'all need to really lean into like this acoustic shit, and like 
don't change that. And then they were telling them about what Outcast was doing and how like Andre 3000 was on this change, but like everybody gives Big Big Gip a lot of the credit. A lot of people say that Andre started dressing weird because Erica Badu, but it's not true. What it is is that pretty much Andre 3000 turned into a hotel, <laughs> and they all went on a trip to Jamaica and like um, Andre like started like learning a lot of things and like like questioning a lot of shit, and it made him like a deeper person. And then in turn, when he met Erica, they were able to like connect over those conversations. But to get back to what I was saying, I just think that Outkast kind of like made like made like hip hop like very, very mainstream because like they kind of had like a rock and roll like spirit to their music. And then Andre being so like androgynous with the way that he dressed like drew so much attention. And they were like very, it was like, even though like they were like giving like these complex ass rhymes, they were very like digestible because a lot of the sounds were familiar and then like scare people off, whatever like that. Cause it wasn't like a lot of like boom bap. It was like a lot of like original sounds and shit like that. So Yeah. And with this album, they were able to cross genres. So like um, you know, you got rap on here, you got funk like Danny mentioned, you got some gospel influence on here. Some um, so Yeah. So I think because they did that, I remember back then, um, even riding in a car with like my uncle Chris and he didn't really like listen to Z100. I mean, he didn't listen to High 97, but he listened to like Z100 just to like, that's just what he listened to. But then you would hear Outkast on Z100 and then you could hear them on High 97. You could hear them on Power 105. So like the way that they were able to like, just go between different stations, I think there was some intent there and it was just a creative bag at the time. Yeah. Real quick, Power 105 didn't exist then. Well, whatever station WBLS. it was. WBLS. Yeah, whatever station it was. But I know it was High 97 and whatever. High 97 WBLS. Yeah. Um, but thank you. I think going into this album, 22 tracks. Um, it is a bit of a long album. There's a lot of skits on here. A lot of interludes, interludes rather. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about that? Like, the interludes, like the interludes were, nah, they were needed. All of them. They, they set up the songs. Um. And it is really dope because I think a lot of people don't realize like how how much of like a sense of humor and like silly they mm-hmm. are. And you know, like they did this and then like at the end of every skit, like they basically are like breaking like like their football team. Break. Yeah. Yeah, that's all good. But yeah, nah, it's a it's definitely like a Quentin Tarantino film in the way that it's shot and the way how like they they what they did with it. Um what I think is dope is like how this was a, another project that, like, they kind of, like, got from under um, organized noise. And it was just Andre, Big Boy, and um, um, Mr. DJ, the DJ, yeah. doing a lot of the production. But, like, still, like, under, like, the tutelage, like, the training wheels were, like, taking off. And they were, like, really experimenting. And then, like, even, like, their process, like, grew. Because back in the day, like, um, Andre said, like, when they first started writing that, like, a lot of the songs, like, Rico Wade didn't like what his raps were. And then Andre started just talking to his natural voice, and that's, like, why he raps that way, right? So then it evolved from that to Andre wanting to hit, always wanting to hit everybody's verse. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then Andre would use it as competition. But then it kind of became, like, like a, a an, an annoying thing to everyone because, like, basically it's like, Andre lay a verse or write a verse and then he'd be like, I want to hear what you're talking about so I can know, like, I don't want to, like, be off topic. And everybody'd be like, we just told you what the fucking song's about. <laughs> like, we told you what the title of the song and we told you what the concept is. Like, what are you talking about? And then it just became, like, this kind of, like, thing, like, well, he just expected it, right? Yeah. And then, like, um, there's even, like, a song on the project where, oh, actually, um, it, it's on So Fresh and So Clean. 
So Big Boy has the first two verses. The reason why Big Boy has the first two verses is because Andre said he wasn't feeling it. And Big Boy was like, all right, well, this motherfucker is going to be my song. Mm-hmm. And I'll do a third verse of this motherfucker if I have to. And then, like, Andre heard it. And that's why Andre's verse is, like, so cold because, like, it's come competition shit. But it was getting annoying for, for Big Boy because he's like, yo, like, so I'm just going to, like, he's capable of doing it. But he was like, so I'm just going to have to go first every fucking time so you can hear what I'm saying so that you could out-rap me. Like, you know, it was annoying to him. Yeah. I but wonder if even did. on the um even to that point because there's two songs on here that Andre isn't on um there's um there's snapping and trapping tri- snapping and tripping rather with uh with Killer Mike yeah mm-hmm. um who makes basically he couldn't think of anything for that song and then there's um I forget the other song but there's another song on the album that um that Andre isn't on it, so it, like I think, I think it's Spaghetti Junction mm-hmm. yeah it's Spaghetti Junction yeah. so like to so, that point I think that's probably why because it, it was frustrating for Big I think it also leads to this whole thing. I don't think Big Boy gets any of the respect he truly deserves. And Reg, and we need to start with Reg showing him some respect. Yeah, I think um, he has put out solid albums since. Yeah, uh, Sir has. Lucius Left Foot was yeah. great. The mm-hmm. The Legend of uh, is it Chico uh, Dusty? Chico Dusty, yeah. And um, I think uh, people have really, really dropped the ball on giving. Big Boy his flowers because I don't think we get any of Andre without Big Boy to do that. I'll go, I'll go even further. Um, Big Boy is one of is the most underrated rapper of all time, and I'm gonna tell you why because Andre 3000 literally is in some people's arguments for the the top five greatest rapper of all time. Big Boy doesn't even get like mentioned, but like he, you can't. Personally, like I know some people might make say, but you can't tell me a whack big boy verse, and you can't tell me a time where big boy hasn't like come on the track and like delivered. Like, there's a reason why as a group, like they always did good, and like Andre has said it before, like on many occasions, and I don't think he was just being nice. Like that big he's boy, superior. yeah, that he's superior because you you give big boy a beat, he he gonna give you something, and mm-hmm. he can and he can go on any flow on bombs over Baghdad. Like he already rapped flat fast. And they all said, like, yo, the fact that he went on there and, like, he was able to, like, speed up a double flow mm-hmm. and he already raps with a double flow was fire. And, mm-hmm. like, this, like, you could throw anything at him, like, he's always ready. Like, his pen, I they think, said, it's never broke. I think one time he really proved that and got the chance to prove it was the I'm So Hood remix. Because mm-hmm. to me, he Pop might have the best yeah. verse Pop on Poppin' Tags, too. too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I also think he might have uh, this best verse on um, I'm gonna get uh, heat for it, but I think he has the best verse on um, international players anthem. Oh, I mean, I mean, that's not a, that's it, you want to know what the problem is most people don't get to it <laughs> because Andre being an asshole took that took that beat said take the drums out and let me do the whole beginning and literally some people don't even hear some people don't even get to UGK's part like obviously because. Bumpy is right after this. Once Bumpy start, they be like, "All right, that was cool. Let me go back. Let me, let's talk about Andre." He raps for over a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's un, it's unfortunate. He does deliver on that on that um yes. on that song. But yeah, no, I, I think my favorite part of that song is uh, the video when DJ Paul just stands up out of nowhere and goes, "What I want to know is why is he dressed like Roddy Piper?" Yeah, <laughs> that's mad funny when he says that. That's hilarious. You're right. But um <laughs> it's just uh it's just interesting to me. Like I, I just think about everything with Outcast and 
I know like uh, we're like going all over the place, but like I was like because I was listening to so much, so many interviews and so many different like takes. Um, somebody gave the point of view that Outkast started rap like their their career started when they were sixteen, seventeen years old, like they grad they were graduating high school. So like they were like comparing it to like other like groups and bands that like just broke up because like they got burned out. Mm-hmm. And then like some people are just like, why can't Outkast do it? Because you know you have other groups that keep going doing it. But pretty much they reached like the they they reached like the the most grand thing that you can do. They won album of the year the Grammys. Like no one is ever like going to do that in hip hop. Like I don't think I don't think that's going to happen in hip hop for a very long time. Like as like is like I'm just proving right. Like the record show. Like you know what I'm saying. Like even like it could it could be the arguably the record of the year. But like it just the Grammys just don't acknowledge that shit, right? So I think that Andre just felt like, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Like, how can I follow up this this act? I think that he just, I think that he looks at it like that, and not, he just doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to be Michael Jordan on the Wizards, which is nuts because like we see we see, we hear his raps, yeah. But like, I just think that he just doesn't want that. Uh, I think we that on his jacket. We also just think that we think that he's greater than what he thinks he is. Um, when you read a lot of his interviews, he has like a lot of insecurities with his rapping. Even his interview with, um, I think it was Rick Rubin. Yeah, it was. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he talks about like how he doesn't, he just doesn't feel it. Like he, he'll write some shit and just doesn't think, think it's good enough. And I don't think that's us putting a pressure on him. I think that's just how, that's his perception of his skill level, it's, which is, which sucks. It's, it's weird like, though. I'm going to tell you why it's weird because it's, I think he... I think I think that he does have like those humble thoughts, but he also says like I'm cold and nobody can touch me. So it's weird, right? Mm-hmm. If you like think about it, like because there's times like when like he acknowledges that like he knows that he's a good rapper. But I think the thing is, is I don't think his I don't I don't think his problem is that like he's worried about being good. He's worried about looking cool. Because he talks, he's mentioned that he said like I don't. I'm not talking about cool like we talking about like slick New York City cool. I'm talking about like basically like going outside like you know what I'm saying like because he's mentioned like some of his favorite like athletes and stuff like that. Like they're his favorites, but like when they still like go out there like in a boxing match or go out there on the baseball field or the football field, like it's just like damn, it's not the same no more. He wants like to go that. out on a high. So he's like yeah. So he's just like why don't I just like just do what I want to do and then also. You know, he learned a lot of he he was being mentored by Prince and Prince told him all of the shady shit in the music industry and he just wasn't with it. Cause I didn't know this. Big Boy's first album on Def Jam when he got that deal, Andre 3000 was featured on four tracks. The only reason why why Big Boy was able to get out of the deal that they had with Interscope was if he like was just like, all right, like y'all can keep all the outcast shit. I'm going here as a solo artist. I got these songs with, with Andre 3000. Like, like, I think it was like a 12-track album and he had four songs with Andre. And they basically was like, you can't do that because then you'll be outcast. So you guys can't do that. So like, you know, we think they purposely don't do songs together. Yeah. I found out, I don't know if that's still the thing, but for a couple of years, they couldn't do songs together because they couldn't be listed as outcast. Yeah. Because, because Big Boy would get them sued and shit like that. So it's just something they just couldn't do. Hmm. I didn't know like, that. Like you know, what I'm saying we thinking like for that's years, logical. Like, yeah, that's, that's logical. That makes mad sense, right? Like a label's like, no, y'all can't be on a song together, like because y'all are not, you know, y'all are outcasts. Y'all are together. Nah, I never thought it was beef because you still see them together every so often. 
Yeah. Um, so that's why I've never thought it was beef. Nothing of, of them has ever implied or shown or come off as it was uh ill will between yeah, them. It's all it's always looked like respect still. Yeah. It's just that they they live very different lives. Very different lives. And and you could tell that it's been like that for some time. Um they have very different styles and approaches. Big boy would never talk ill on Andre, even though I feel like I feel like he's had more <laughs> More than enough reason to over the years, at least creatively. Yeah, I think so. Um, and he's always kept a G and just like showed his respect and never, never talked down on Andre. Um, I feel so. like Big Boy gets tired of the flute. Like he's like, "Oh, you still playing that, man? Like, like stop. <laughs> like I'm trying to chill. Just stop." <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. They seem like they're in very different places. Um, and I, I'm cururious to see what that would be like, even even them having a conversation. Just like through a podcast or something together. That'd be fire. Yeah. Just just talk to each other. I would love that. I would actually love that versus them actually giving us a project. Yeah, it'll feel like closure if they if that'll feel like the proper closure. It'll be like that Shaq. It'll be like that Shaq and Kobe interview. Yeah, yeah. That'll feel like good closure. You know? Just just them talking. Yeah. But um in this album. I guess because um, there is so much around this album that we got to, but on the actual album, um, we did talk about it being you know twenty two tracks long, mm-hmm. and we talked about the major singles. But what else sticks out to you for this from this? Um, Gasoline Dreams is that's my a great shit. opener. Yeah, yes, great opener. Yeah, it's dope. Um, and like pretty much like they were like questioning what was going on like around us. Like mm-hmm. so at that time, like. We were kids, but like, you know, America was still fucked up. Like George Bush was the president at that mm-hmm. time and like things just weren't going well. Right. So like that's kind of like what they were doing and like kind of like questioning the status quo of what was happening around us. And they and they were and they were hints of them talking about police brutality mm-hmm. in America and stuff like that. So I racism. That, and racism. Yeah. So I was just like, oh shit, like they was on this stuff like back then at that time. Like and you gotta remember like People used to say we don't want to hear that public enemy shit. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like people wasn't with that, but like Outcast was like incorporate stuff like that in there. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a powerful opener. Um, Gasoline Dreams, Kujo Goody, um, and then going into the cool interlude or I'm cool interlude, I thought it was like a nice breather because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like holy shit, y'all niggas yeah. started us off, y'all came in hot. Yeah, like yeah. let's just cool down. <laughs> and then um, obviously going into so fresh, so clean. And I was listening to this again, and I'm just like, damn, yo, every time I listen to Sleepy Brown, um, he brings this same mood, like the same cool ass mood to everything he's on. And I wish he would like give us more shit. I yeah. think he dropped something fairly recently, but record label shit. Yeah, yeah. They Did got they, regular label shit. Yeah. On the like the Quest Love interview with Organized Noise is in two parts, and, and both parts are over um um 50 minutes. Wow. Oh wow! It's it's a really long. But the I'm good thing, the good thing about Quest Love's podcast on YouTube is that like he literally uh, tells you the minutes, so you oh, can yeah, just, you can just get a breakdown, so you can literally skip. Yeah. To I don't have the patience to do that for y'all, y'all. I'm sorry, but the fact that he does that like it's fucking is <laughs> it's fucking helpful as hell. It's great. It's very nice. You can just click whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, to just literally like whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you want I forgot to that to. they had. Um, what you call it? Because you actually put me on to that podcast, that Plus Love podcast, because yeah. he's such a music nerd. So you Fonte's know on there. Oh, yeah, recently? Uh, no, he's no. Fonte from Little oh, Brothers are on the show. Oh, they're on the show. Like, okay. he's on the show regularly. Like, yeah. he's one of the hosts. Um, but yeah, no, like, So Fresh, So Clean, obviously, fucking classic. Um, 
and then of course there's Miss Jackson. We've heard all the stories mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And I and um and the background of that yeah. with Erica Badu and um I read this funny story that Erica Badu told. Oh, um, yeah, and she and she said something about how because they asked her her perception of the song, and she said that like she wasn't that big on it at the time, but that her mother fully embraced like yeah. the reference to her. Her mom got the T-shirt. That said, yeah, I'm Miss Jackson. <laughs> yeah, she said, or I think it was a license plate. I'm Miss Jackson. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm Miss Jackson, which was fire to me. That is pretty fire. <laughs> it's just like that's like, hilarious. Damn, like, that's that's fucking cool. Um, that they pulled from that, and then even the reason that they named it Miss Jackson because they felt like it was such a common last name that right. more people, the masses, would relate to it. I that, was that was so super intentional. But like, I, 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 I don't. Have, we don't have children yet, but it's so funny to see that because it's just like you. Uh, you just think about like when like dudes be like arguing with they um with their baby moms and like you just like damn like, this is really what niggas be going through. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I think my my standout moment for me a lot uh is because this is when I was like this is like when I first was like oh Killer Mike can rap rap that's why every oh, time after trapper. Killer Mike comes is like pause after every time I've heard Killer Mike on a song after that uh he kind of. Just bodies like Killer Mike really has always been that. Every even when he did that little purple uh, ribbon all star stint, mm-hmm. like he, um, when he was all over the soundtrack for Idlewild, um, yeah, you know this was. But this was the, my first time uh, Sam, me hearing too. Killer Mike, mm-hmm. and the way he opens that track up yeah. is, is mm-hmm. beautiful. And he still has like this same cadence, but like he sound he sounds better now, obviously with age. But like sure. back then. Yeah, man, it was. It, this was refreshing. This was really dope. This was a dope intro to mm-hmm. Mike. And um, as you said, I, I, I think it's one of the harder verses on it, and I think Big Boy gets. Uh, you're able to hear Big Boy really get off yeah. because it's not Andre swooping in and, and taking the shine yeah. on the track. You want to know something? I did, and tell me if y'all y'all think this. I I purposely think that they made it sound like they were like rapping over like a loudspeaker and shit like that. Sometimes like it, it had like a. Some some people like say like uh producers like Dr. Dre make everything sound too perfect. And a lot of music producers say that they like it to sound dirty or like they like it to sound like it was like recorded yeah, and like, a, like imperfect. And it, like when I'm listening like their vocals on the on this project, like I'm like, is this muffled on purpose? Like yeah. is it me? Like am I, I know, like I know one of the knocks on um Jay-Z's four 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 was that uh was that it sounds like no ID didn't mix it. Um, but when obviously you think about a artist of Jay Z's caliber, you would understand or think or just assume that like it's on purpose because it's, it's, it's a I high think, caliber artist, right? I I think that uh, because I also learned recently, I didn't know this that there's there's certain microphones that people buy on purpose when they're like recording music because it gives you like a certain kind of sound that you want. I, I thought like you know you just go in there like in, like as an engineer and change it, but like there's like oh, yeah, specific yeah. microphones like. Uh, when Beyonce made her B Day album, there's a specific microphone that she used that she doesn't use anymore. But like apparently, it, that's why the B Day album sounds the way that it sounds compared to her other albums. And mm. I'm just like, well, why don't she continue to use it? But it that was just sense. something that was like very like impressive for me to learn. So when I'm listening to this album, I'm like, yo, when people say that they need something to sound dirty, mm. <laughs> like this, this is what I, I think about with this project. Like it sounds like I feel like it, they they when they were rapping out, they were dirt floors. Yeah. What's crazier is this is when they finally get their own studio and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, 
if you go back and see their MTV Cribs episode, I believe it's Andre talking about how they used to have to rap in showers. And that's why they had the sound that they they mm-hmm. had because they'd be rapping in bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So then to go to that and they're purposely searching out that tone because probably, you know, that's what yeah, came to them. Yeah. Tone. Yeah. Um, we're obviously in the midst of a love fest of this album. But <laughs> um, um, can I what tell you? don't you fuck with? I don't. I, I love this. I don't, there's nothing I don't fuck with. So okay. I'll tell you something. I'll, I'll give you some more love fest. Um, I'll call. I'll call before. Mm-hmm. Gangsta Boo Gangsta being on there, the, the, the way yes. that the way that the interlude that happens before that one mm-hmm. is fucking oh Kim and Cookie, <laughs> yeah, fucking Chef's yeah, Kiss. Yeah. Like I just enjoyed it so much, and I thought like it was dope that they like they how they how they were paying homage to like Memphis, like mm-hmm. they like they would they they always like sprinkle little things in there to like pay homage to artists, like how they did the art of storytelling with Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Like they do like these they have like these clever ways of like showing love to to artists like reaching back and pulling them on. I thought having Gangsta Boo on the track was pretty dope. Yeah. Um oh and just to correct myself earlier, so Spaghetti Junction wasn't the other song that didn't have Andre. It was actually We Love These Hoes that um that doesn't have Andre on it. Yeah, and that yeah. song would not you right, and that song would not fly today. Yeah. We love these hoes. But it's a it's it's a not sarcastic from Outcast. song. Not from Outcast. Okay. It would it would fly from other artists, but Outkast is too big. They're too popular. Yeah, yeah. Where a parent be like, "Oh my god, they won a Grammy, right?" And mm-hmm. then they hear "We Love These Hoes." Nah. Yeah. Front page news. Yeah, I think it's um, I think younger artists and not like necessarily in age, but fresher in their careers or where they're at in their trajectory can usually get away with stuff. And later, you know, I didn't know better. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew. Mm-hmm. You That's know. True. Um. They're not those kind of artists that's gonna put out a statement about some shit that they put out either. Yeah, and um, I don't think they, you know, need to anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it, it is what it is. It's a moment in time. It's who they were in time. Just leave it be because they've had, you know, music since that says the opposite and have yeah. shown growth in the yeah, music. Yeah, that's true. And I always think that's what makes um, artists have longer longevity when you're able to see them reinvent themselves with age and show growth and make conscious changes to separate themselves from who they were prior. Yeah. Um, can we also talk about how Be Real went in on this album? He did. Oh, an explosion? Yeah. Be Real uh, did his thing on this album and I don't think Cypress Hill gets enough uh, recognition and also, you yeah, know, I'm going to shout a, out the big, one Latino in the album. My brother's always. a big uh, Cypress Hill fan. So, yeah, I, I definitely was in tune with, with Cypress Hill from that. Yeah. Or from him, rather. Um, one of my... Okay, Humble Mumble with Erica Badu. <laughs> I want to go... <laughs> what you got on this? My favorite track on the album, I remember when I went through my whole tip phase in my life. <laughs> when this song spoke <laughs> to me a lot. You went through a whole tip phase? I wasn't like out on the street, like handing out like cards and like, like that. But I was, I was no, I was just reading a lot, uh, and like I was trying to like un- understand like knowledge and so and things like that. So like I considered joining the Percent Nation. You knew today's um, mathematics. Yeah, I was learning today's mathematics and everything like that. So I asked like a lot of like my OG, like old like uncles and stuff like that. Like you know what do they think? And then like I don't know, I, I kind of like like in the middle of being talked to about it, I snapped into him like, yo, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> Humble Mumble actually has one of my favorite lyrics on the album, and it's from Big Boy. He said, uh, 
He said, fuck, wish, fuck wishing you missing the ambition on your mission. Now you switching. Why are you quitting? Because it's heated in the kitchen? I thought that was so fire. Yeah, it was a, that's a fire um, bar. This is uh, the second track that, that Erica did with them, too. She did Liberation first. And yeah. like, Liberation is like beloved. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, And then just the flow just the flow from here, I love. Because you got the Drinking Again interlude. Um, that, that has a very important message, too. That's still super fucking current. More mm-hmm. current now than it was then. Yep. Um, the person that's talking, they say, uh, they say a computer can do my job better than I can do it. And he's frustrated and he's drinking. And it's like, damn, like we done with all this AI shit, everybody getting fired now. It just kind of it just stuck out to me. And then of course that carried into the question mark um song where it's just Andre. Yeah. And he's um social conscious. Yeah, super social conscious. Um this to stay stay away from alcohol ad that you need. Just talking about all the things that's affected. With that, I thought that was really yeah, cool. Because Andre was a smoking weed and drinking at this time. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, all this shit causes... This is the shit that causes people to crash their cars, all of that shit. And mm-hmm. then at the end, he's pouring, pouring a drink. Yeah. Pretty solid, artistic. Red Velvet, you know, basically was like a cautionary tale. Like telling, telling people like... Red Velvet is like, fire. You know, how, how people got like lined up and like, yeah. you know, robbed and everything like that. Then just get after it is... uh is, is Cruising an ATL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, about how like... And, and that's very real. Like you will... If you come down to Atlanta, like incorrect, you will get lined up and robbed. Lovely. Yo, okay. So, uh, I... Uh, I had a situation where I went to a trip to Atlanta and it was another friend's first time in Atlanta and we're about to get to the house and he tells us, oh yeah, I got a surprise. I invited the strippers for after when they come. When I tell you we packed our shit and just went straight to the hotel and stayed in a hotel and I was like, yo, you're a fucking asshole. That shit was the worst. (laughs) It was terrible. Yeah, it's just bro. It's it's you. It's a known thing. You can't do that, and and it's not just Atlanta. It's a lot of places. You don't tell people when you're on vacation. Don't tell people your business. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely don't invite people you don't know to where you're staying. You know, especially when it's a group, especially when you're throwing around money mm-hmm. as you would in a strip club. Yeah, I see. And that shit was just a bad experience. Barber man lineup. Barber man lineup. That's an old school ass reference. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what it is. Uh, you want to talk about toilet Tisha? <laughs> Brenda's, Brenda's, Brenda's baby, Brenda's baby two point two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, this is dark as hell. Brenda's got a baby. Um, Very dark. Yeah, Brenda's got a baby. Especially 2.0. when the mom comes in, she's like, "Oh my god, oh yeah. my!" I was like, "Yeah, Tisha couldn't take it. She killed herself." Yeah, yeah she's man. fourteen. She couldn't have that baby. February first is like super dark. Bro. Yeah, it's a very dark. Bro. Song. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got on that too. Um, but well, you got, y'all got anything on Slum Beautiful featuring CeeLo? Um. Nah, I, I, I mean, fucking yeah, love it. It's, it's a beautiful woman from Stankonia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, well, no. So yeah, there's 24 songs. Sorry. So I was I was looking at yeah, the prenup. Yeah, there's prenup Stank- and then there's Stankonia that that caps off the whole album, mm-hmm. which yeah. is six minutes. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking the Andre. beat was gonna change earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was Andre. That mm-hmm. was all Andre. 
So my only thing with 2023 ears and older, and it's because I know the album so well and know the interludes, that's my only thing when listening to it in the whole now is that I do skip the interludes. Yeah. Um, I didn't while doing the research for this album because, you know, we're... I know what it is. We're listening to the whole album as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it, the as you guys said, the interludes are integral. If it's your first time listening to it, it it you need to hear it with the interludes. And I know a lot of people. If it's you're going to be your first time hearing it, uh, would be quick to just skip interludes. But there's a reason why they're here, and I understand. It's just the younger generation probably wouldn't look to just sit through that because interludes are not what they used to be and they're not needed really in mm-hmm. most music now. Mm-hmm. Blame Drake. Yeah. But Boy, uh, blame Drake. somebody who made a great cool. use of interludes, this Diddy album that just dropped, he that's a great example of it. That's how you do it if you're going to do it. Yeah, but Take he's from, that, that's because he's that, from that, this, this era. era. Yeah, that's, but it's, know, it's, that's his quote. Yeah. It's taking note of, of, of when to use the interlude correctly. Yeah. And I don't think uh, a lot of artists know how to do that anymore. Yeah. It's a, it's a transition cheat code for your album. I don't know. I don't know if people really, most artists, a lot of new artists, I don't think realize that and they just leave it alone. Yeah, I so. think yeah, especially like a lot of young artists. I don't think they listen to albums. I think they like a lot of songs and they're like into playlists. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, like, you know, sometimes like yeah, yeah. They, that's mm-hmm. that's not something that like they're into or whatever like that. Yeah, like I hope, I hope. Uh, you you don't know what's funny. As much as I get on him, obviously, Future Sex Love Sounds is an amazing mm-hmm. album. And like what he did with like making like the six minute songs and shit like that, like those interpolations of songs. Was fucking amazing. Yeah, and I think about that a lot sometimes. Yeah, but I think people have the attention span for something like that, or even you see somebody like Travis Scott doing it now, because they'll give you like two, three different beats in that One song, song, so it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of refreshes the song and gives it a new, exciting feel. So it's kind of that's a nice cheat code. Yeah, man. The real ones, no. Yeah. Um. But we can get into our ratings for this album. Uh, Danny, I'm curious to see what you got. It's a five out of five for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anything I think else? um I think Outcast first four albums are all classics. Um I I think uh they get better each one and I think that's what really ad- added to them. Um and I understand the argument as to why people would put them in the best rap group ever. Mm-hmm. Um off of that, off of just them as a group. I, I know a lot of people would, would throw Wu-Tang in because of what they individually accomplished as well. But um, if we're just doing what they do as a group, I would yeah. give it to them. Okay. What do you think? Four and a half waffles out of five. Um, Equimini is the, the classic project for me from Outkast. But um, yeah, so this project, I, like it's still up there. Like it's still really, really good. And it's like, I don't have anything that I don't like, but it's just that... uh. The, it the 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 way it was composed, like the composition, like you could tell, like there's a riff coming, mm-hmm. and like they just aren't bouncing off each other the way they were in the equipment. I like the, the, those brothers was one. Mm-hmm. They was really equipment. They they was really that black exploitation cover. Mm-hmm. Like it just it just felt it just had like a difference. So it's just like that one little thing, and I, I obviously like uh, I'll be I'll be even more honest with you. Um, the other storytelling, yeah, one yeah. and two. Yeah. Like for me, it just like was sold me on equipment. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just, just fucking, fucking yeah. like, mind melting. But yeah, that's it. Like, obviously, 
four four and a half is still fucking really good. So yeah, whatever. Um, for me, I get this album a four. I think for me, um, a lot of the songs obviously like you're faced with a difficult task of making an mm-hmm. album that's so long, so bloated, like flow together so well. They did it, but I think there's just some songs on here, and also like Torian said, where there there's not that camaraderie that I'm used to Outkast having mm-hmm. from like the first three album run mm-hmm. up until this point. And then the solo songs that I'm like looking for Andre, not because I prefer Andre, but just you know they're a tandem. So like I want to hear. How they bounce off each other. I do prefer Andre, but yeah, that's right. not why. Um, you know, who do you who who you prefer? I'm a big big boy. Big boy over Andre. Yeah, for me you want to hear something? You want to hear something funny? What's up? So uh, at work today, one of my coworkers was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm doing like the five one session." But he listens to the show, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You know what's funny? When I see you or your partner, I think of." Um, Andre and Big Boy. And I was like, really? I was like, so who's Andre and who's Big Boy? He was like, well, your boy with the dreads is Andre. I knew that. It's just the dreads. So it would be. And know. I was like, I was like, really? He was like, well, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm like, you know, like, like Red seems like he's very, like, laid back and, like, very, uh, very, like, in tune with things going on around him. Like, you know, if the vibe's not right, he's not going to do it. He was like, but yeah, like, you, you're like a maniac. Like, you just go, go, go. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, well. he did it. <laughs> like, I was just like, yeah, that's what I was saying. But I, I, I kind of was like, uh, but I, I, see what, uh, I see what they because it's not like it's not a slight. I yeah, think both of them are cool. Yeah, but it's just like but I see what saying, they, our dynamic. I see what they mean though, because you know, Andre. It's because Reggie always has a shirt off on Instagram. That's why. <laughs> Yo, I just be doing my thing, man. I just I work out and I sweat too much. That's all. But overall, yeah, like I said, like, so overall, it is a four for me. Um, I do like, I prefer Equimini. I'm more so proud of like how they got received by the masses from this album and the success That's, of this album oh, yeah, absolutely. and like the, the way that it, um, that it projected them mm-hmm. for their greatness and they leaned into it. But yeah, overall, I'll give it a four. It's one of the best uh, examples of going pop without selling out, aiming for pop. Yes, yeah. this is the mm-hmm. state. This was this was not to capture new voices or new um, fans. This was like to just kind of encapsulate where they were and the state of the world at the time. I feel, I feel like sometimes artists get to a point where like they perfect making music, mm-hmm. and they like you know. Uh, Sometimes the artist can be like, yo, I can make a pop song. I can make a radio record in my sleep. I feel like this is where they were at with it, but they were able to still like stay true to themselves. Yeah. And like make these crossover records. And then I think like that's how eventually like Andre was able to make Hey Ya. Because Andre was like, I, I know how to get on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's what happened. Like they, they were able they were able to like do that and cross over and just be magical. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how we feel about this. You got Four and a half, you got five, and you got four. Um, but let us know how you guys think. This is Outcast's fourth studio album together. Um, revisit it uh, and see how you feel about it. Or visit it for the first time. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and B. We out of here. Catch you next time. Dun, dun.